Spring practice is right around the corner for the Louisville football team. On today's episode of the show, we're discussing the five defensive players that could benefit the most from having a strong showing in the spring. So with that being said, stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Global podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. We had the first installment of this two-part hypothetical debate Um, yesterday. We talked about the five offensive players that could benefit the most from having a strong showing In the spring, today, we go to the defensive side of the ball, talking about five Louisville Cardinals on the defensive side that could benefit the most from having a strong showing throughout spring practice up into the spring game. There are a couple of edge rushers, a couple of defensive backs, and an inside linebacker that we will talk about on today's episode of the show. And just like yesterday, I'll remind you that there are no right or wrong answers in this. It's all opinion-based. Truthfully speaking, every single player on the team could benefit from having a strong showing in the spring. So it's all opinion-based. I want to know who you all think are the defensive players that could benefit the most in the spring. Drop a comment in the YouTube section below. Respond to the Twitter post when the episode is posted, etc. But unlike the offensive side episode that we had yesterday, there's a trend For the defensive side, all five of the players that we're going to talk about on today's episode of the show were all four stars coming out of high school. So very highly rated players uh, coming into college, and um, most of them really haven't been able to leave an impact yet for one reason or another. So we'll start in the edge rusher category. Two of the five defensive players to focus on, TJ Capers and Adonijah Green. TJ Capers, probably you could make the... Um, you can make the argument that he is the number one player to watch in the spring, one of the most highly rated players coming to the University of Louisville by way of South Florida. The six foot two edge rusher from Miami, Florida, was ranked as a top what 20 player at one point. His stock fell a little bit um, from speaking to people around that area. A lot of it was concerning, you know what position was he going to play at the college level? And I think that that is sort of the question that is surfacing again is, okay, being six foot two, 230 pounds, does Jeff Brom use him more so in the Leo spot on the outside linebacker um, role to where he's rushing the passer? Is he going to be more so used as a traditional inside linebacker? Are they going to use him in coverage or is it going to be sort of a hybrid role to where he's playing multiple different positions throughout the game well that obviously is going to be something that we have to get some clarification on throughout the spring throughout the offseason and needless to say I think with the strong spring regardless of whatever role that he could be thrown into 
it would really benefit if he had a strong showing because as of right now, last year it was a log jam on the depth chart. This year, the way Jeff Brom and company recruited the portal, it's kind of the same situation because the positions that he could theoretically move into, you look at the edge spot, well, Ashton Gelati is back, so that takes away some opportunities as a traditional defensive end. You bring back Mason Riger as well, who was pretty solid. But also, you got Tennessee transfer Tyler Barron, who had six and a half sacks for the Volunteers last year. So, regardless of whichever way you look at it, you know Capers is going to have um, an uphill battle to try to crack into the two deep, being an edge rusher. If you were to look at him as an inside linebacker, well, the same applies there. You have T.J. Quinn, you have Jalen Alderman. Uh, you have Stan Quan Clark, who, spoiler alert, will be another player in this list that we'll talk about um, at the end of the show. And you have some other players. It's probably maybe a little bit more wide open to try to break into the inside linebacker spot versus being an edge rusher or being a hybrid, whatever you want to utilize him as. I don't necessarily um, think that he's going to be used – a ton in coverage per se. I don't think you're looking at him more so as a star. He projects more so as a Leo. Um, but I think regardless, this is a good year for him. I don't think it's going to be a year where he's going to be starting, but if he's able to play his way into the two deep to where he's playing some meaningful snaps as a key reserve throughout the duration of the games, that would really benefit him, you know, being a, a pass rush specialist, a third down guy that they bring in, whoever. And if he's able to succeed in that regard, then he plays more and more. But it's tough to really project until we know the position that Brom and company are going to throw him into. I don't necessarily think it's an easy pathway to playing time, regardless of the position of choice. But the talent is there. The speed and size is there. So there's always the opportunity. But a strong showing in the spring would, at the very least, create some competition in the back half of the offseason as we head into the preseason, into fall camp, and um, you know could eventually land him in a role to where you know he's a key reserve. He's playing some secondary snaps behind Barron, behind Gelati, behind Riger, etc. Because at this point in time, outside of those three that I just mentioned, there really aren't many names that have been discussed as it relates to quality depth. The other player in this segment that we're going to talk about that could also benefit, now he's more so projected as an edge rusher, Adonijah Green, uh, solid size, six foot six, 225 pounds, only appeared in three games this past year for the Cardinals, had three total tackles. Uh, two of those were solo. One was assisted, didn't have a sack, didn't have any uh, turnovers created or um, fumble recoveries or anything like that. He played in the season opener against Georgia Tech, played in the loss against Pittsburgh, and then played in the Holiday Bowl loss against USC. But Adonijah Green um, rated as probably the top recruit in that 2023 class that had a ton of firepower. Um, I think that he is another guy like Capers that is at the mercy of the depth chart here, but 
there's opportunity at hand because outside of Barron, outside of Riger, outside of Ashton Gelati, really not much has been discussed. Cam Wilson entered the portal. Stephen Heron is off to the NFL draft. Um, you've had some other uh, edge rushers, Raheem Craig and other guys, uh, Jeffrey Clark, have entered the portal as well. There aren't many guys that you could look at and say, yeah, he's a player that could rise up into the depth spot. There's some key returning guys potentially. You know, I guess you could look at Micah Carter, maybe Selah Brown. But at this point, I think Green and Capers have a better chance of cracking into that depth chart. But unlike Capers, we know the type of player that Green is going to be. I think he projects in that Leo role. I think that with a solid spring, he can sort of capture that Cam Wilson role that um, Wilson played last year, and that was a player who had secondary, maybe even uh, tertiary-level snaps as an edge rusher. But at this point, you look for Barron to replace uh, Barron to replace Heron. That's pretty interesting, Barron to replace Heron. Um, Riger to probably back up Barron. You would assume, although Ashton Gelati on the other side. It really, in all honesty, depends. I think with Capers and Green, one thing that could really help both of these guys out is their ability to defend the run. That was sort of a staple in Ron English's first season with the Cardinals was having a defense that was very good at defending the run. Ashton Gelati took a step forward. Heron was solid in defending the run. Riger got better. And for Capers and Green to be able to put themselves to, into a situation where they get to the level of being key reserves, well, it's going to come down to, number one, are they successful in rushing the passer? But also, number two, is how good are they at defending the run? Are they going to be able to be used outside of just being third down specialist, pass rushing specialist, etc.? Tyler Barron, very good at defending the run. Coming from Tennessee, had, what, 100 and over 100 tackles to his name in his career at Knoxville, 27 and a half of those tackles for a loss. So the two young edge rushers are in this top five discussion here because the talent is there, very highly rated coming out of high school, but they sort of face obstacles with how crowded the depth chart is with the starters um, already sort of being um, – penciled in at the moment so two guys that could really benefit from strong showings in the spring um and not to mention we forgot to mention this tj capers was injured coming to Louisville last year didn't really get to play um i expect him being fully healthy a year in the collegiate ranks i think he's definitely going to be able to take that next step forward Speaking of injuries, one of the players in the next segment dealt with an injury all year long in 2023, but from what I'm told, he should be a full participant in the spring. Two cornerbacks that were highly ready coming out of high school are two of the five um, defensive players that could benefit the most in the spring for the Cardinals. We'll talk about who those players are here momentarily. After we talk about our friends over at eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need, the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. 24-7. Covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Right before the break, we um, hinted at the next two players to talk about in this debate of who can benefit the most in the spring um, practice sessions and the spring game for the Cardinals defense. We talked about two cornerbacks. One just came back from injury. Obviously, if you're putting the pieces together, that is Aaron Williams. And another cornerback that could really benefit from a strong showing this spring is Marcus Washington. Two um, very highly rated guys coming out of high school, beginning with Aaron Williams from the 2023 class, um, a part of the St. John Bosco to the Ville movement, uh, 227th ranked player in the country according to 24-7 Sports. Six foot two, 185 pounds, transferred to St. John Bosco before his senior season and was phenomenal. Played The news came out after the year that he played the entirety of his senior season on a torn ACL and had an elite level season for St. John Bosco playing against very, very good competition. He had the surgery in the off season um, to ensure a full recovery. So he obviously missed the entirety of the 2023 season, but according to a source inside of the program, um, it is, being looked at as a situation in which Aaron Williams should be a full participant in the spring. So, like I said, coming directly from the program, um, that would be pretty significant news that if he's a full participant, that it will be a situation to where, um, you know, he's going to be able to continue to work his way back from injury, and I like that ultimately it's going to be, uh, well, I, I will preface this, and not said full participant in the spring. The the quote literally says he should practice in the spring. So you would assume that if he's able to practice that he's in a spot to where his recovery is going well, but, you know, talking about how good he was as a senior against very good competition in California, Mix that with glaring reviews from the coaching staff, um, you know, and, and people around the program throughout his recovery. You would expect that the six foot two cornerback is going to at least be in contention for some of that playing time at the cornerback spot. Now, granted, you do bring Quincy Riley back, which was Hughes news. Your CB one is back, so there's not a ton of opportunity. You're in that four two five base defensive package, so. Um, there's going to be more opportunity for defensive backs. You brought in some guys through the transfer portal, Corey Thornton, Tay Holloway. Um, you have Tamarian McDonald as well. There's also Taz Nicholson from Illinois. So 
a ton of logjam at the cornerback position, which makes it hard to really be able to predict playing time from some or for some of these younger players. Obviously, Marquise Gross Killebrew, Derek Edwards went to the portal. Um, you have Storm Duck and Jarvis Brownlee to the NFL. You have Trey Franklin back. You um, also bring in some cornerbacks in the high school recruiting class as well. But ultimately, I think that Aaron Williams could be a guy that benefits a lot from a strong showing in the spring because you you could say, well, look, hey, I missed the year with an injury last year, but make no mistake about it, I'm one of the most talented guys in this room. And at the very least, I'm going to be a key reserve playing in the two deep and um, you know, stepping up if someone gets hurt. I think the ceiling is that he could potentially play his way into a starting role. That's how good I think Aaron Williams is and ultimately get to a spot to where he is a multiple-year starter for this team. Marcus Washington, another highly rated guy coming out of high school, didn't record a single statistic for the Cardinals after transferring to the team from Georgia last offseason, um, ranked as the 55th uh, best prospect in the 24-7 transfer rankings last offseason, just outside of the top 150 in the 2022 class from 24-7 Sports, six-foot native of Grovetown, Georgia. It was pretty obvious as to why he didn't play for Georgia his freshman year. That's because they had almost all those guys end up going to the NFL from that national championship team. But he transferred to Louisville, and I thought to myself last year, well, MGK, Marcus Washington, I could see one of those guys play a key role for the team as a reserve, and that didn't end up being the case. This year, it's sort of the same situation for Washington entering his third year in college. Um, you know, you're in a situation where, like Aaron Williams, it's going to be a hard opportunity to get that playing time because of the players that are are in front of you in the depth chart. Quincy Riley coming back makes it that much tougher to crack into the two deep, but the opportunity is there. I think, you know, you have some veteran players like Taz Nicholson, like um, Corey Thornton, players with one year remaining in college, guys that uh, played at the power five level that could come in and be stop gaps for this defense I think realistically speaking, if Williams and Washington are able to play their way into rotational roles, that would be very, very solid. But make no mistake about it, they can definitely benefit the most from solid um, showings in the spring because, I mean, let's look at it in that regard, is they have a little bit of an advantage because they maybe know the playbook a little bit more, know the scheme a little bit more from being in this defense longer than the transfers, but they don't have the valuable experience that the three transfers uh, have. If they show in the spring that, hey, look, I'm for real, I'm legit, it would really go a long way to creating some competition throughout spring ball, throughout the offseason, throughout fall camp, which there's going to be competition anyway. The only set-in-stone starter is Quincy Riley. However, there's only so much opportunity to go around after that. And um, it's going to be wide open. And I think the two young guys, uh, Aaron Williams, Marcus Washington, could truly play their way into key roles for this team 
if they are able to, you know, start out strong in the spring and continue to play well throughout the offseason. So two young defensive backs are uh, making up two of the spots in this hypothetical. The last player that we're going to talk about, it's a different situation because he was already in a depth role. It's a matter of trying to become a starter now. The four players that we talked about prior to this, I think that you could infer that if they're able to stand out, that they'll lay themselves into the two deep. For this player, he was already in the two deep. Stanquan Clark has a chance in the spring to be able to secure a starting level role in the linebacking core. And we're going to talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Um, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some Super Bowl bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three, etc. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. I always love the Super Bowl squares that um, a lot of people have going um, that you know predict the score at the end of the quarters, but I think it's sort of a in-the-box type betting, and I don't like that. I like having options. FanDuel gives you those options. New customers, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Right before the break, we sort of talked about how this is a different situation for Stanquan Clark as it relates to the other players in this hypothetical. Capers, Green, Williams, and Washington, I think, can play their way into depth roles. I, I guess, truthfully, all four of them can be starters at the end of the day, if they were able to be uh, putting forth the solid effort in the spring, if they play well in the offseason, etc. But Stanquan Clark has the mo- most realistic pathway towards getting to that starting level spot. He has some production from last year as a freshman. The six foot three, 230-pound native of Miami um, had 15 total tackles, one forced fumble, played in the majority of the games. His best, excuse me, his best game was probably the one against IU. He had three total tackles. He had a forced fumble against Murray State and continued to play throughout the remainder of the season. I think personally, and this is no disrespect to any of the other linebackers in the room because I'm extremely high on TJ Quinn, on Jalen Alderman, etc., but I think Stanquan Clark has the highest ceiling as in every down linebacker, not only in college football, but in the pros as well. Has the rare blend of size and speed, six foot three, 230 pounds, um, able to go sideline to sideline, pretty solid rushing the passer as well, can drop back into coverage, and overall has projected to be a solid run defender. Last year, and I mentioned this over and over last offseason, right before the season, that 
Learning inside linebacker at the collegiate level is one of the toughest tasks that you can have because there's so much that you have to know. There, You're essentially the quarterback of the defense, and you have to know so much. You have to be able to communicate everything, and you have a handful of different roles that you have to play. And for Stanquan Clark, as a freshman, to be able to jump into a rotational role and play some key snaps, I think it bodes well for his future within this program. Now, shout out to Brahman Company for retaining the majority of the players at this position outside of Jackson Hamilton and Keith Brown, who were um, on the outside looking in. You bring in Geronte Davis from Texas A&M, who I think will also be a key reserve if he's able to play himself into the two deep, that is uh, pretty solid. But right now, I think your penciled in starters heading into spring ball, TJ Quinn and Jalen Alderman. I like both of those players. I think that they're continuing to get better. They showed some extremely solid moments last year. Stanquan Clark, with a solid showing in the spring, could really throw a wrench in this conversation. Because I think that Clark is the most talented linebacker on the team. I think that he has the highest ceiling. And like like I said, because people will take it this way, I'm not using that to say that Quinn or Alderman or Davis or other linebackers that the team has are not good enough because they are very good. I look for them to take the next step forward. I think this is more so an indication that Stanquan Clark is or has the potential Look, I'm not a big hot take type person. I feel like my hot takes are very calculated, and I don't just throw something at a wall and hope it sticks. I'm not a person that will jump out the window on a projection or a prediction because it will drive up um, it will drive up viewership or anything like that. But I think that if the stars align that Stanquan Clark could be an all-ACC honorable mention type player in 2024 if he is able to secure a starting spot this upcoming season. I think he's that good. As a freshman, 15 total tackles um, as an inside linebacker, and this is a guy that I talked to some recruiting insiders down in Florida more specifically South Florida, one of them being um, Brian Smith, the Locked On Podcast Network um, recruiting analyst, national recruiting analyst. He said on this show that Stanquan Clark was a guy that he was absolutely surprised in-state coaches let lead the state. And they tried. Clark um, was being recruited by some top programs in the state, ended up signing with the Cardinals, which was a huge recruiting win. But he was a player that really, really showed out in a solid area, was able to jump into a program year one and play some key snaps at inside linebacker. I think that if he has a strong spring and he's able to get into the conversation of being a starting player, and let's say he secures a starting spot, in the fall. I think he could be an all ACC honorable mention. Truthfully, I think all of the start, whoever starts a linebacker for the Cardinals could be in that realm, could play themselves to an all ACC level team. But I think 
all ACC honorable mention isn't really being totally far-fetched in the conversation, but I put it this way. Stan Quan Clark is like a top three player on the team, regardless of position that I'm looking at specifically in spring ball thinking, okay, what are we going to see from this guy? For reference, TJ Capers is another player in that mix. And I guess if you made me go with the third player, um, I think it's probably Jamari Johnson. So, Three guys from that official Flyville 23 class that I'm very interested to see how well they perform in the spring. So um, the next couple episodes of the show um, will be recruiting episodes. We'll talk about the most recent 2025 commitment that the Cardinals got an in-state prospect. We'll talk about uh, some more in-state guys that the Cardinals need to recruit and more. So be sure to stay tuned to the episodes at the beginning of the week. But that's going to wrap up today's Monday edition of the Locked On Global Podcast. Everyone have a great start to the week. We'll see you right back here.